The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. L-S-D, fap, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scott Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! My name is Breakfast and I'm running for Chancellor 
of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. It's time for some Call Me Sam, and it is. But I'm going to play one I recorded with Pancake yesterday. So thanks for tuning in if you're listening to some Call Me Sam. And it's going to be one from the other day. Let's see if I can figure out audio on this. Hey, thanks for listening to Meet Me Radio if you're out there. We just had a lot of fun calls. Talked to Lizzie Stanton for a while. Talk to Nathan. Just like shadows, always quiet, holding hands. From the churches to the jails, tonight all is silent in the world. As we take our stand, silent now. 
Tunnels uptown, the rat's own dream guns them down. As shots echo down those hallways in the night. There's nobody watching when the ambulance pulls away. There is a girl shuts out her dead room light. Outside the streets on fire in a real death waltz between what's flesh and what's fantasy. And the poets down here don't write nothing at all. They just stand back and let it all be. And in the quick of the night, they reach for their moment and they try to make an honest stand. They wind up wounded. They're not even dead. Tonight, Big man, Clarence Clemens on the saxophone. Roy Benton on the piano. My boy. I've got so much love in my heart for him, and I just don't feel like me when he's not around. Yeah, there are boys, and there are boys, but he's a boy. Yeah. 
to invite the king of Long Island to come on out and meet the East Street Band. Mr. Billy Joel. Some folks like to get away. They take a holiday from the neighborhood. Have a flight to Miami Beach or Hollywood. I'm taking a Greyhound on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York. State of mind. I've seen all the movie stars and the fancy cars and limousines. I've been high as rockers under the evergreens. But I know what I'm needing. I don't want to waste more time I'm in a New York state of mind It was so easy Living day by day Out of touch Thank you. 
Cause I'm in Cause I'm in I'm in a New York
house and the power drones scream down the boulevard. Girls comb their hair in rearview mirrors. The boys try to look so hard. The amusement park rises full and stuff. Kids are running on the beach in the mist. What I wish you went on the streets and I. Oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression.
I really don't like um, words like artist or integrity or courage or nobility. I have a kind of distrust of all those words because I don't really know what those words mean. Any more than I really know what such words as democracy or peace or peace-loving or warlike or integration mean. And yet, one's compelled to recognize that all these imprecise words are kind of uh, attempts <clears throat> made by us all to get to something which is real and which lives behind the word. Whether I like it or not, for example, and no matter what I call myself, I suppose the only word for me when the chips are down is that I am an artist. There is such a thing. There is such a thing as integrity. Some people are noble. There is such a thing as courage. The terrible thing is that all of these words, the reality behind these words, depend ultimately on what the human being, meaning every single one of us, believe to be real. The terrible thing is that all these words, the reality behind them, depend on choices one has got to make forever and ever and ever, every day. I am not interested, really, in talking to you as an artist. It seems to me that the artist struggle for his integrity is a kind of metaphor must be considered as a metaphor for the struggle which is universal and daily of all human beings on the face of this terrifying globe to get to become human beings. It is not your fault, it is not my fault that I write. I would never become before you in the position of a complainant for doing something that I must do. What we might get at this evening, if we are lucky, if the mic doesn't fail, if my voice holds out, if you ask me questions, is what the importance of this effort is. It would seem to me that, however arrogant this may sound, I want to suggest two propositions. The first one is that the poets, by which I mean all artists, are finally the only people who know the truth about us. Soldiers don't, statesmen don't, priests don't, union leaders don't. 
Only the poets. That's my first proposition. We know about the Oedipus complex, not because of Freud, but because of a poet who lived in Greece thousands of years ago. And what he said then about what it was like to be alive is still true in spite of the fact now we can get to Greece in something like five hours and then it would have taken I don't know how long a time. The second proposition is what I really want to get at tonight. And it sounds mystical, I think, in a country like ours and at a time like this. But something awful is happening to a civilization when it ceases to produce poets and what is even more crucial, when it ceases in any way whatever to believe in the report that only poets can make. Conrad told us a long time ago, I think it was in a book called Victory, but I might be wrong about that, but the line is, woe to that man who does not put his trust in life. Or Henry James said, live. Live all you can. It's a mistake not to. And Shakespeare said, and this is what I take as being the truth about everybody's life all of the time. Out of this nettle, danger, we pluck this flower, safety. Art is here to prove and to make one bear, to help one bear, the fact that all safety is an illusion. It's in this sense that all the artists are divorced from and even opposed to necessarily any system whatever. Let's trace it just for kicks for a minute. And I'll use, I'll use myself. I won't say me, but it's my story. The first thing an artist finds out is when he's very, very young. When I say young, I mean before he is, before he is 15. That is to say, before properly speaking, he or she can walk or talk before he or she has had enough experience to begin to assess his or her experience. And what occurs at that point in this hypothetical artist's life is a kind of silence for reasons he cannot explain to himself or to others, he does not belong anywhere. Maybe you're on the football team, maybe you're a runner, maybe you belong to a church, you certainly belong to a family. And abruptly, in other people's eyes, this is very important, in other people's eyes, you begin to discover that you are moving and you cannot stop this movement to what looks like the edge of the world. 
Now, what is crucial, and one begins to understand it much, much later, is that if you were this hypothetical artist, if you were, in fact, the dreamer that everybody says you are, if, in fact, you are wrong not to settle for the things that you cannot, for some mysterious reason, settle for, if this were so, the testimony in the eyes of other people would not exist. The crime of which you discover slowly that you are guilty is not so much that you are aware, which is bad enough, but that other people see that you are and cannot bear to watch it because it testifies to the fact that they are not. You are bearing witness helplessly to something which everybody knows and nobody wants to face. Least of all, the hypothetical misfit who has not, as I said, learned how to walk or talk and doesn't know enough about experience to know what experience he has had. Well, one survives that, no matter how. By and by, your uh, uncles and your parents and the church stops praying for you. They realize it won't do a bit of good. They give you up. And you proceed a little further, and uh, your lovers put you down. Because they don't know what you're doing either. And you can't tell them, because you don't know. You survive it. And in some terrible way, which I suppose no one can ever describe, you are compelled, you are corralled, you are bullwhipped into dealing with whatever it is that hurts you. And what is crucial here is that if it hurt you, if it hurt you, that is not what is important. Everybody's hurt. What is important, what bullwhips you, what corrals you, what drives you, torments you, is that you must find some way of using this to connect you with everyone else alive. This is all you have to do it with. You must understand that your pain is trivial, except insofar as you can use it to connect with other people's pain. And insofar as you can do that with your pain, you can be released from it. And then hopefully, it works the other way around too. Insofar as I can tell you what it is like to suffer, perhaps I can help you to suffer less. Then you make, oh, 15 years later, several thousand drinks later, two or three divorces, God knows how many broken friendships, and an exile of one kind or another, some kind of breakthrough, which is your first articulation of who you are, which is to say, your first articulation of who you suspect we all are. Let me, let me put it another way. When we were all very young, when I was very young, and I'm sure this is true for everybody here, I assumed that no one had ever been born who was only five foot, six inches tall, 
or been born poor, or been born ugly, or masturbated, or done all those things which were my private property when I was 15. No one had ever suffered the way I suffered. And then you discover, and I discovered this through Dostoevsky, that it is common. Everybody did it. Not only did everybody do it, everybody's doing it. <laughs> and all the time. It's a fantastic and terrifying liberation. The reason it is terrifying is because it makes you, once and for all, responsible to no one but yourself. Not to God the Father, not to Satan, not to nobody, not a living, just you. If you think it's right, then you've got to do it. If you think it's wrong, then you mustn't do it. And we all know how difficult it is, given what we are, to tell the difference, not only between right and wrong, the whole nature of life is so terrible that some, somebody's right is always somebody else's wrong. And these are the terrible choices one has always got to make. All right, I said the cat survived all that. And this is a very crucial thing. You know, dirty socks can make you feel like nothing but a dirty sock. You walk into a room and somebody says, what do you do? And you say, I write. And they say, yeah, but well, what do you do? And you wonder, what do you do? And what's it for? Why don't you get a job? And somehow, you can't. And finally you learn this in the most terrible way, because you try. You're in a position of someone on the edge of a field, and it's cold in the field, and there's a house over there, and there's fire in the house and food, and everything you need, everything you want. And you make all kinds of efforts to get into that house. And they would let you in. They would let you in. They're not being cruel. They recognize you as you come to the door, that's all. And they can't let you in. You get in, let us say, for five minutes, and you can't stay. And I was much younger, people said to me, this is very serious. And it's not just a confession. I'm not just being self-indulgent. All right, you were working. Now stop working. Have a drink. Forget it. Why are you so serious all the time? You can't write all the time, Jimmy. Relax. Have you ever heard anybody tell you to relax? <laughs> all right, you get through all that. Get through all that. You've made your first breakthrough. People have heard your name. And here comes the world again. The world you first encountered when you were 15, the world which had starved you, despised you, here it comes again. This time, it is bearing gifts. The phone didn't ring before, if you had a phone. Now it never stops ringing. When people saying, what do you do? 
They say, won't you do this? And you become, or you could become, a very important person. You find yourself in the position of a woman I don't know who sings a certain song in a certain choir. And the song begins, she says, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I couldn't keep it to myself. You've come full circle. Full circle. Here you are again, with it all to do all over again, and you must decide all over again whether you want to be famous or whether you want to write. And the two things, in spite of all the evidence, have nothing whatever in common. Now, what is it at the point that the artist, since I must put it this way, begins to come of age that he cannot keep to himself? This is the trickiest part of the whole argument. I was having lunch today with two very good friends of mine, or one very good friend of mine, a friend of his. And they're both artists, and I wasn't trying to be sardonic. The friend of the friend is a, is a man I admire very much, but the other one is a cat I really know, dig. And we were trying to persuade, or not persuade at all. My friend is an actor, and there's a role which we all know he ought to play. In fact, we all know, anyone who loves him, that he has no choice but to play it sooner or later, and we all know that he's a little afraid to. And God knows he should be. But he knows he's got to do it. And his friend was saying to him, and I paraphrase it, paraphrase it very awkwardly, you must remember that most people live in almost total darkness. It is true, said this friend, that we drink too much, you suffer from stage fright, and you may get an ulcer or die of cancer. And it is true that it is all very, very hard and gets harder all of the time. And yet, people, millions of people, whom you will never see, who don't know you, never will know you, people who may try to kill you in the morning, live in a darkness which if you have that funny, terrible thing which every artist can recognize and no artist can define, you are responsible to those people to lighten that darkness and it does not matter what happens to you. You are being used in the way a crab is useful, the way sand certainly has some function. It is impersonal. This force which you didn't ask for and this destiny which you must accept is also your responsibility and if you survive it, if you don't cheat, if you don't lie, it is not only you know, your glory, your achievement, 
It is almost our only hope. Because only an artist can tell, and only artists have told, since we have heard of man, what it is like for anyone who gets this planet to survive it. What it is like to die, or to have somebody die. What it is like to fear death. What it is like to fear. What it is like to love. What it is like to be glad. Hymns don't do this. Churches really cannot do it. The trouble is that although the artist can do it, the price that he has to pay himself and that you, the audience, must also pay is the willingness to give up everything to realize that although you spent 27 years acquiring this house, this furniture, this position, although you spent 40 years raising this child, these children, nothing, none of it belongs to you. You can only have it, you can only have it by letting it go. You can only take 